very silly. I believe so. He has an explosive charge that would be used for mining. Can you believe it? Uh, and they're uh, floating in the ocean. They've come to the surface. The big scary monsters up there too. Oh no! And it leaps into the air. And I believe Peter Weller's character yells, "Say hello, motherfucker!" Before throwing <laughs> the bomb into its mouth and it explodes. I'm just like, I don't even. What What does that mean? Where? I, okay, cool. It's Fun like, movie. <laughs> smile, you son of a bitch. It's so iconic. Every movie you have to have one of those now before you blow up the monster. Yeah, yeah. This one was a bit of a fumble. I feel like that's like that's like there's a joke in the in a I can't even remember it. Oh, Bowfinger, I think is the name of the movie where they just keep oh. trying to trick Eddie Murphy yes, into saying, yes. "Got you, sucker," so that they can make that the finale of the film. Uh, I should rewatch that. That's been a long time. But, Kyle, so now that the mood is right, let's talk about this other thing because I'm going to be honest with you. I think I actually really like today's episode. I'd, I, oh, good. Because I had a horrifying, Ooh. Uh, a horrifying moment where I realized I was laughing genuinely. Mm-hmm. And it happened twice. I was like, oh, Either either the brainworms are either this episode is funny or the brainworms have really finally just compromised me. Well, it's, it's like I've been fighting it for years, but you know it's it's like it's like the 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 machine that's mapping my EKG waves. It's finally shifted from blue to purple to red. Ooh, this this makes me think of what I will recommend later: suspense. But for now, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that happened to both of us, you know, and we're we're both so influenced that we cannot recognize the symptoms in each other. But that said, today we watched uh, Season uh, 8, Episode 2, officially titled The Junior Professor Solution. Uh, Official summary uh, on the unofficial fan wiki reads, Sheldon has made a junior professor... uh, Oh, oh, that sentence doesn't make sense. Sheldon has made a junior professor job by the university, but now has to teach graduate students. No one signs up for his course, except Howard. Bernadette is worried that Penny won't perform well in the job that she got her based on her performance as a waitress. Amy is thrilled to be in the middle of her friend's conflict, feeling popular for the first time. Not a bad summary. Um, and, you know, we'll go into details. But I feel like this kind of really took advantage of what I wish the show were more about, which were, like, kind of the awkward navigation of... I don't know, their actual interests and careers and how they interact with each other. <laughs> like, you know, Sheldon, uh, I guess this is the main thing, and I think this really should have been the season premiere. Uh, apparently, this episode aired immediately after the last episode, and so I guess maybe it was technically part of the season premiere. They did a two-parter. But Sheldon gets uh, offered a position as, yes, a junior professor, and... If first, you know, he worries that he's just about to have... He, he has to speak with HR lady again, Miss Davis. And uh, he's like, you're just going to tell me again that I'm not allowed to get out of string theory, am I? She's like, well, you know, that's that's what I would be telling you. But, um, and so he's, he's offered this position. It comes with an increase in pay. Uh, it comes with, uh, I think, I don't know, increased access to research materials, but the the hook is that he would have to actually teach a class. And, oh, what a burden. Oh, to waste his time 
on the unwashed minds of these filthy graduate students. Uh, and then, yeah, nobody signs up because yeah, everyone... Yeah, so I got... Not to interrupt your summary. No, please do. The, please do. This is, this is one of the two lines in the episode that made me laugh, which was uh, Sheldon's telling the group, man, they want me to be a teacher. Can you believe it? And Raj says... Why? I would think you did. Or she says, what do you have against being a teacher? And Sheldon looks at him and goes, what a stupid question. <laughs> and and just the way he says it, it's like, oh, yeah, he would be terrible at this. Yeah. Well, and to jump ahead. So he does accept. Howard signs up. Because um, no know, one think, else does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's mostly out of sympathy. But he's also like, you know, I've been thinking about getting my Ph.D., and Sheldon, uh, explicitly, his only goal is to humiliate Howard uh, and to... I got to call him Howard Wallowitz, uh to show him... Well, his first name is Howard. That's fine. Well, but, you know, that's... I'm sure all these other people... The brainworms, they're becoming people to you. I don't like that. Yeah, actually, Howard was decent in this episode, so something is in the air, the water, or, our, yes, our brains. But... Yeah, he signs up mostly out of sympathy. Also, is like, oh, I could use the education, uh, PhD, blah, blah, blah. Uh, as Sheldon is like, I'm going to find the one, you know, well, not the one, but, you know, any area you don't know and just dunk on you for how stupid you are. That's all I want to do. And Wallowitz uh, also explicitly responds by saying, if you're going to be the worst teacher you can possibly be, I'm going to be the worst student I can possibly be. And so he starts off a little annoying before shooting a spitwad directly into Sheldon's throat in a moment where, got to be honest, highly erotic for me. But, you know, that's not how Sheldon responds to it at all. Uh, he is instead afraid that his uvula is going to get an STD, which, again, I'm like, you know what? I think that's a fair concern. I think, you know, it's good that Wallowitz is shacked up with Bernie because who knows what... Actually, I say that, and then I remember he's almost never having sex. Instead of being a sex criminal, I guess he's probably not the kind, that, the kind of guy that was routinely getting STDs. So I, I, take my, I withdraw my argument. But yeah, that's how it goes. And I don't know, they eventually work it out and decide that, oh, if, you know, I'm a good student and you're a good teacher, we could mutually benefit, whoop-de-whoop-whoop. I think the more compelling plot, uh, the, the, which I guess the B plot here, is Bernadette is starting to become kind of openly, like, kind of passive aggressive and then hostile to Penny because she got her the pharmaceutical job and Penny's like, yeah, I'll figure it out, I'll get around to it. You don't want me to be a big nerd like a teacher's pet. Uh, and then everyone else in the, the group raises their hands when asked who here suffered from being a teacher's pet to support Amy and not wanting to do that. And I thought that was cute. But, but what, what's more important about the plot is both Penny and Bernadette independently call uh, Amy to meet up with her and to say they're sick of the other person and to talk shit. And Amy can't get enough of it. She's like, oh God, oh God, I'm in a gossip triangle. This is incredible. And her genuine glee, I thought, brightened everything around her my uh, a highlight of the episode and it doesn't even end negatively i guess it's i mean i'd say even satisfyingly now that i think about it which is um amy uh eager to take advantage of this starts calling each of them again to be like hey girl let's get together later and talk shit right 
And then each of them are like, oh, no, we actually kind of, we talked it out and kind of realized where each of us could give some push and pull. And so we're, we're good now, but if you want to meet up later, that's fine. Man, Amy is crestfallen. She's gone back to just being another schmo who doesn't get to have the inside scoop on her friend's dirt. First, Wallowitz then confronts Sheldon and tries to reverse trivia contest him, only it turns out that Sheldon, of course, is very good at trivia. And um, yes, yes. And during uh, Penny and Bernadette's bonding match, or, like, uh, you know, makeup date, they're like, you know, this is good, but shouldn't we ask Amy along, too? It seems like she really wanted to hang out earlier. And they're like, yes, and that cuts to outside the door where Amy has been listening at the door and frantically sprints downstairs so that when they call her, they won't hear her cell phone ringing. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, good joke, I thought. And again, I think in, like really taking advantage of Amy's desperation like, you know, she's open about it. She was like, oh, my God, it's finally the good part of high school. Ah, and I'm glad she's getting what she wants. That's, you know, what? I think this isn't what I was thinking during the episode. But looking back on it, no one is really like too mean or shitty to each other in this one. Like Penny and Bernadette have their conflict, but they also end up totally working it out. And, and it's reasonable, like, it's a reasonable adult yeah. conflict. It's not like a stupid manufactured, like, who gets to sit on this spot in the sofa conflict. It's like, I'm worried I recommended you for this job, but you don't take it seriously enough, and it's going to be really embarrassing for me. It's yeah. like, well, I worry you don't trust me to, like, learn the material and do this job well. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know what, let's go back to the wiki here. Still directed by Mark Sandrowski. Nothing new there. Doesn't stay an immediate writer. I was wondering if there's like a special writer. It says, oh, you know, a fucking group of guys. Okay, whatever. Well, they did a good job. The 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 collective. Thank you for this. But yeah, um, you know, I guess we could try to get in like the more nitty gritty. But like, I, I've I've said it already, and I'll just stop repeating myself. Just that. I feel like the dynamics of everyone in the group really worked out this time. And yeah, it was stuff that was believable and relevant to their characters. It wasn't just like the gibber, you know, if I have an anti-complaint, which is if I could have more things I'd like, it'd be fun to have more Stuart. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was really satisfied with this. It, this feels crazy to say. I don't like it. I don't like this feeling. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I think it had, you know, it had some interesting character conflict and some meaningful stakes. You know, the Wallowitz Leonard or Wallowitz uh, uh, Sheldon, like, dichotomy was pretty interesting. That sounds like an episode in itself. The Wallowitz Sheldon yes. dichotomy. Um, but uh, it was interesting. I did. So this is not logistically i know it doesn't matter and the answer is the writers didn't care because they knew the audience wouldn't care but i couldn't understand what about like howard is a mechanical has a master's in mechanical engineering one would think therefore that he has satisfied all of the basic physics requirements to get a doctorate in mechanical engineering so unless he's completely switching and trying to get a doctorate in a different field i wouldn't understand what the benefit of taking a class from sheldon would be in terms of i mean 
in terms of being interesting and learning new things, yes, but in terms of actually helping you write a thesis and become a doctor, I had no idea what the uh, relationship between them was. I am not going to wade into this because I know I'm going to sound like a dumb-dumb not having any idea what it's like actually having to work on a thesis or get a PhD. Uh, when, when I finished law school... Instead of having to do anything like that, I think I maybe wrote a paper on whether uh, it was constitutional to to deprive Guantanamo detainees of their right to starve themselves in protest, and included a footnote of an emoji of a guy flipping over a table, and then I became a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> So, Kyle, I, I don't want to rush things. I don't want to say we should just get to our recommendations. I don't know. I, I just like I don't have complaints this time. I, I, Is I, that are we so bad at our jobs that unless we're like, are we like the Fox News of uh, reviewing the Big Bang yeah. Theory when it goes well? We just don't. We can't. We can't offer our audience anything. Well, I mean, we can get into more details. I guess like it's. It's it's kind of funny, I guess. Oh, I guess this is almost a complaint if I'm, like, starting, like, it's kind of funny that, you know, part of Bernadette's reason that she doesn't believe Penny is going to be, is taking this seriously is not just because uh, she's, like, not reading up ahead of time, but because she was such a terrible waitress and kind of extending this into Penny. I'm, I'm giving you this favor, but we all know you are just a generally incompetent person. Uh, and she's offended by that, but Amy too is like, "Yeah, come on! I've been waiting for the same order of corn dogs for two years. Like this is, we all know you just kind of like generally suck at doing things." And you know, I guess now that I'm thinking more about it, I hope she gets to prove them wrong. I hope she turns out to be a real sassy and brassy representative who gets things done. And I hope that she starts fucking a hot guy at the office, and then Leonard has to figure out what it's like to realize that someone else may be more valuable than he is. Oh, no. I guess that, so I'll just, here's where I'll, the the other two things that were, that made me laugh in this episode are uh, at the beginning, uh, when Bernadette is trying to convince uh, Penny to study harder, Penny is like, what, like some kind of teacher's pet? And Bernadette's like, it couldn't hurt. And the, and then to which Leonard are, offers, um, I don't know, raise your hand if you ever got uh, bullied in school because you were the teacher's pet. And they all raise their hands. And Sheldon says, and again, I'm not even sure the line is that funny. It's just a very good delivery. It's like it's like the class really wanted Miss whatever, whatever to forget that we had a quiz. Yeah, no, I, I totally brushed over that part. But I thought that was genuinely good, too. And... You know, it kind of made me wonder what position Bernadette is in there, too, where, you know, if, if she has she to... She was if, the hot one. That's what it was. She wasn't bullied in school because even though she was nerdy, she was hot. Yeah, that could do it. Or, again, in law school, we have these... I don't know if this is common in other just programs, but the idea of a gunner who is the person... Yes. Yeah. I'm wondering if she was one of those where... You know, in an area where she's teacher pet, but is doing it because she's aggressive and trying to, like, uh, ruin everyone else around her. She's Machiavellian. Yes. Gets an almost sexual satisfaction out of 
proving her superiority to the rest of the class. Yeah, ooh, okay. Yeah, I want that to be explored more. This thing that we've just decided it's probably happening. It's canon. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, to to be angry about things that are over, like, a year older now, whatever, like... We have the same right as all those Bayonetta freaks to be mad that the most recent game didn't match our agreed-upon fanfiction. Anywho. Um, uh, And then the other thing that I like is you didn't talk about the button of this episode, which was... uh, They never explain how they go from point A to point B, but it, it kind of makes sense. They, you know, Wallowitz is grilling Sheldon about you know, random engineering trivia. Yes. And then at some point, by the end of that episode, that has morphed to they're all sitting around in a circle with their science textbooks, and they've got a big bowl of candy in front of them, and they're each taking a turn offering candy to, like, whoever can answer the question that they pick randomly out of the book. And so they're all just getting, you know, blitzed on sugar and, you know, the, the joy of being smart. That and was it's pretty adorable. Cute. You know, and that is one of those things, too, where, like, as nerdy as it is, to me, seems like a much more realistic nerd thing to do. I liked that. Thank you yeah. again for taking us back to the actual moment here. That's okay. <sighs> now we can move on. Well, one, one last thing from that scene, uh, a part I particularly liked is so they have their big bowl of candy that they're, you know, putting bets on. And the the one that they place a bet on for this part is a, a Cadbury cream egg. And then Sheldon is like, oh, and it's not even close to Easter. How wild. Yeah, I'm like, this ah. is nuts. Yeah, so cute, cute stuff. Yeah, and they're like, okay. we're having so much fun. You know, why were we so unpopular? And it's like, how could people have thought we weren't cool in high school? It's like, oh, because we were incredible nerds who were obsessed with science facts rather than making friends or socializing. He's like, that's right. You get an egg, too. Ah. Uh, Man, good feelings, difficult to process. Trying to just and take them in, take them in. Just the brainworms, they're slowly eating you. I mean, that's what happens. That's That was kind of part of what happened in Leviathan last night, and maybe I'm just having hallucinations that all seem connected at this point. Uh, speaking of, would you like to move on to our thing of the week, or the bye week, or the semi-month? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you go first, mostly because I'm terrified that you're recommending... I don't know why it would be, but it, I also have a movie recommendation, so if you go first and it's mine, it's going to like ruin my whole day. But that, yeah, I think it'll be very funny if that happens. I, I'll be it's so psyched that we're simpatico. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I did a sick-on-the-couch double feature. Part of that was Leviathan, which I thought was a fun, if completely inessential, movie. Uh, and then, for the first time in a decade, I rewatched Videodrome. Uh, that's not yours, is it, Kyle? No. Whew, got out of that one. And, Kyle, I thought about you, and I thought about the episode, uh, because, first of all, the, the plot to this movie is nigh inexplicable, uh, but it is basically about a... Wait, did you say you thought about me while watching Videodrome? Yeah, like always. Don't worry about it. The, 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 the basic plot is that James Woods, fun actor, even a despicable human being or whatever, uh, is the one of the heads of a really sleazy kind of independent cable network. And so the way that they try to stay afloat is by airing just 
trash, like just violence and sex. And yeah, there's commentary. Can you believe it? But his goal is to find like the next most extreme thing that is really going to pull people in. And uh, that uh, discovery leads him to the kind of vague concept of Videodrome, which is sometimes literal recordings and or a signal and or just an idea or a, or a kingdom even of what's to come. And what is it? Who knows? But it's a David Cronenberg uh, movie, so things get juicy and weird. Ooh. But the reason I thought about the, the, you and the show, Kyle, is I... Um, Debbie Harry's in this movie, and James Woods very early on meets her. She is a call-in radio psychologist, like very proto-Fraser, and he uh, she doesn't really seem interested in him, but he is kind of pestering, and they, they go on a date and end up back at his place, and um, they're sitting on the couch beside each other, and to paraphrase, she's like, oh, so, hey, yeah, I'm into pain. You want to try out some weird sex stuff? And I paused it, and I looked, and I'm like, 15 minutes. That's how long it took to get to here <laughs> in a David Cronenberg movie. It's like, so many movies go on for hours and hours, and you're just waiting for something to happen. And 15 minutes into this, the lead singer of Blondie is like, hey, you want to fucking put pins in me and just cut, touch each other's butts and stuff? It doesn't have anything to do with this weird, crazy video you're hunting for. I'm like, Thank the, the movie is 89 minutes. And it has so much going on, arguably too much going on. But I think it's also in, um, I think it's one of those where it really is something to like try to literally understand it would be fruitless. And it has so much more to it's just kind of wading through the weirdness as James Woods maybe or maybe does not lose his mind and maybe or maybe does not become some sort of techno organic assassin <laughs> so um yeah videodrome loved it the first time loved it the second time uh gonna watch it again uh in the future uh kyle what what is your recommendation uh i just have to so as an so i was trying to explain uh to uh gwen what the adjective cronenbergian meant ah. uh and I was like, you would not, let me just say, you would not enjoy any of these movies. So, but I was just like, I was like, so I was like, and the long and the short of it is he starts to turn into a fly and you literally see the parts of his body bolting off. And she was like, oh, no, 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 I'm good. You don't have to say any more. You can stop right there. And I was like, well, yeah, then you kind of get that's the experience of watching one of his films, except it keeps going. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you've ever, if you're familiar with the genre of body horror, just remember that 95% of that comes from this man. Yeah, it's <laughs> just one guy. Yeah, there's there's some other people that get kind of weird, sure, but ooh, ooh, Cronenberg. Um, anyway, uh, so no, good, mine is not that. Mine is, um, so I gotta say, I've been under a lot of stress lately, and something about the way in which my brain and body are po processing stress has changed. It used to be I would process stress by, you know, watching, you know, children's animated TV shows and stuff like that. And I still do that. Let's be real. Who are you talking to? <laughs> but, you know, I've turned a corner, and I've just started watching and imbibing a lot of just straight horror for the first time in my life. 
this is this is a turn for you. It's very much a turn for me. This is a new this is a new direction that I'm going in. I think it's because I'm so stressed out by how much is going on in my life that it's it's useful to my brain to be like, well, you know, at least you're not being physically devoured by cannibals right now in front of your whole family. Like this is stressful. You know, customer service sucks, but uh but hey, at least no one is cutting both of your legs off and I, uh and you know, making you watch. The way I relate to this right now, Kyle, is that, you know, I'm I'm stepping away from legal practice for a while cuz I worry it's been killing me. And I fantasize sometimes about being devoured by cannibals, just as something that wouldn't be staring at a legal brief. So that's, we all, yeah, we all have our that, own horror. I think that's a sign that you that leaving is a good move for you. But anyway, so I I had heard about this movie that is supposed to be phenomenal, and I had never had the it, that's relatively new, and I was like, oh, I don't have the guts to watch that. But now I I did have the guts to watch it, and frankly, it's not that disturbing in terms of anything physically that happens in it well actually how do i put that it's not i don't think it's particularly gory except for a couple that's not true it is gory <laughs> in a couple of places but it's not like it's not like a non-stop splatter fest um the most ups- let me put it like this the most upsetting thing in that that happens in the whole movie is not gory but it is still very upsetting um uh, so, When Evil Lurks is actually an Argentinian film okay. by a guy named, uh, I think, Damien Rugna, Wikipedia says. Uh, and I will not, it's, I think When Evil Lurks is a direct translation of its Spanish title, which I will not try to say. Um, no, try it, it in an accent, please. <laughs> to be respectful uh, of the culture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it is, and it's, it's, really quite good it's just very dark so and it's uh so the premise is um these two poor farmers who live out in you know whatever the boondocks of argentina are they're brothers and uh, they live out in the boondocks of argentina together um and one night they hear gunshots in the middle of the night and when they go to investigate they find uh, a um, they find the torso of a man, just his torso, uh, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's not good." Um, <laughs> and so they go to the next. They go next door. I'm not supposed. This is literally like the first ten minutes of this movie. They go next door to the shack where an old woman lives next door, and they're like, "Hey, we we found the the torso of a guy. Any idea who that could be?" And she's like, oh, yes, that was probably the man the government was sending uh, to kill my son because he's possessed by a demon. And so that is the first. And so sure. that whole that whole sentence plays out. And that's and what's great is the two brothers are not like, oh, that makes no sense. They're like, oh, one of those, huh? Ooh. And so that's 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 the this movie takes place very in a world where demonic possession is a thing that happens on occasion sort of like it's almost like a uh a pen like a like a plague or like a, a sure. epidemiological problem they got the bubalos like, 
Yeah, someone will get possessed by a demon and their body will just start bloating and getting gross and they'll start saying horrific things. And then, uh, and the other thing that we learn very quickly is, um, for reasons that the uh, the movie kind of gets into but kind of doesn't, is there's no Catholic church in this. There used to be, but there's not anymore. <laughs> and, and so there's no, like, official professional, ex- like, there's no, like, exorcist. There are people who specialize in dealing with demons, but they're not, like, priests or magic users. They're, like, very technical people with a very specific set of skills and tools. And if they don't... Uh, if one of them, they're the only people who know how to dispose of these bodies, cor- these demonically possessed bodies correctly, because you have to kill them. But if you don't do it in just the right way, with just the right tools, then instead of the person just dying, the demon escapes and then they can do basically whatever they want. They can, you know, jump into other people's bodies and sort of force them to do whatever fucked up shit they want. So, like, best case scenario is the the um you know the professional demonologist you know kills the guy worst case scenario is um you know the infection the sort of psychic inspection caused by the demon manifesting just spreads and causes more and more horror and chaos until the physical demon is finally born out of the body of the possessed you know signaling a major crisis hmm. that can you know take down a whole you know, it's not even it's not even clear how bad it will be. Although you get you get hints from what you do see, probably pretty bad. <laughs> um, and so, and again, because this is like a like this movie has such a unique approach to all of this. It's not uh, basically instead of like, well, the government will send another one. It's like, no, no, no. We're poor farmers in the middle of nowhere. The government is extremely corrupt and probably wants our land. For all we know, they're the ones who killed this guy, and they're just waiting. So maybe we can figure out a way to uh, take care of this ourselves. Spoiler alert, they can't. The demon gets loose. It is just bad stuff begins happening from then on out. Just normal people just start doing horrible things. And not even pe- like people, animals, start like all sorts of stuff. And so uh, it is just watching these two guys trying to to survive this manifestation and trying to figure out if there's a way for them to solve it. And, you know, sort of just being like, you know, two normal people, which basically means like they come to the realization, boy, we're, we're really kind of too ignorant and uh, selfish to kind of fix this thing. Aren't we? We may just be, everyone may just be fucked, which is also interesting. So great movie. Good from beginning to end. Very well paced. Fascinating. Like I said, some pretty, so some people who are and are possessed do some pretty horrible stuff and also this is not a movie this is all I'll say but this is not a movie where kids are safe which is also <laughs> very upsetting this sure, is I always, like, I always respect that that's when i know a horror movie is good yeah that's that is exact the movie where this mo- mo- the moment where this movie goes from kind of good to oh holy jesus christ is the moment where just again they don't show it or at least they don't show you very much of it, but there's like something that happens in the span of like half a second to like a child that is so up, not, not even upsetting, just so like, oh my God, are they really going there? That you're like, oh, this movie, and nope, nothing is safe. Everybody, there's a very good chance everyone in this movie will be dead by the time it's over if they're going to do that. Nice. Can you get the title one more time, please? 
It's called When Evil Lurks. When Evil Lurks. Yeah, cool. I think you would like it, Nick. Uh, Who yeah. knows if the rest of these jabronis will, but you will like it. Yeah, all you jabronis out there listening to this podcast being scared to find uh, whence lurketh the evil. Yeah, I'll yes, check that I, out. I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk smack. Our listeners have supported us a lot lately. They sent us, uh, a whole, was it 69 cents or was it $4.20? It was $4.20 okay, from... We, need to, we want to thank you, listeners, for our first yeah. official Venmo uh, for $4.20. Fans of the show, we respect that very much. Yeah, any other funny amounts of money you want to send in, uh, however inconvenient or silly, uh, the, the more annoying and weird of a number for me to just process in my thoughts, the better. And uh, that's fine. You know, you don't have to do that either. But if I get it, I'll, I'll feel tickled. So thank you. And so what's your Venmo? You got to uh, say your Venmo or... I've never it said it. I was waiting for you to just I know, it out I, there again. And I was trying to, you know, much like the demon in the movie, I want to corrupt you into doing oh, things that you, you never thought You sneaky little devil. <laughs> it is it is hide thoughts at Gmail. Wait, no, that's not even necessary. It's just hide thoughts, is it? Well, now yeah, you know. At. Now you know all but the most difficult part to figure out of my email as well. <laughs> Could be gmail.anything. Who knows? Well, Kyle... You know, I guess, to wrap up, I'm just going to say, pretty good. Feel pretty good. We, we saw good things, and this episode was fine. Like, ah, hey, hey, everyone, it's not so bad. Things are okay. I mean, you know, if you don't think about bigger issues. But as far as, like, <laughs> media goes, this was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, don't read the news. Just watch The Big Bang Theory and random movie recommendations from Kyle and Nick. And... Yeah, we'll try to... Maybe we can make this last through four years, although realistically, we only really need two because you'll all be dead by then. <laughs>